Welcome to the No Direction Podcast, where we say whatever we want and invite guests who do the same. We're here to prove that conversations can be raw, real, and sometimes downright hilarious, even when we don't see eye to eye. So buckle up, grab a drink, and let's dive into the unfiltered world of opinions and insights. It's going to be a bumpy, profanity-laden ride. All right, so. That's good feedback, though. It, it, it is, and I, I like feedback. I think feedback can be very constructive, good, bad, or indifferent, because I only know what I know. So, for instance, my husband said, do you want some feedback about your podcast? <laughs> He's so gentle. I said, um, Sure. Why don't you give me some feedback about my podcast? And he said, okay. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) he's like, okay, I don't like the intro. I'm like, Mm -hmm. what about the intro? And he said, I like everything you say, but it sounds like you're reading it. And I said, because I am. I am reading it. I didn't memorize it. And he goes, maybe try to do it at a cadence that is more natural to your, you know, the way you speak. And I also had that. Uh, feedback from my best friend. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, two people give me the feedback. Everybody's thinking it. So now I have to re-record my intro, which is fine. Um, Isn't that just like the hardest thing though, is like knowing it, be, it, writing that line between like wanting to take everybody's feedback because it's so valuable. These are the people that are actually like giving you their time, but then also there's like, but you're not the expert. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, and I also wouldn't consider myself the expert. Sure. Um, Yes. I mean, at some point you can only take so much input before what you've created is now somehow completely different from your vision of what it's supposed to be. And yes, there's going to be growing pains to begin with. Um, But before I press record and I told you you had to stop talking and I had to stop talking because I didn't want to waste any content, we were talking about Discord, Yes, which is a really cool app that I don't think a lot of people know about. Um, that we use here at the SJF Collective, and all of the members get the opportunity to be a part of this app. And there's different sections of the app. So there's different, um, like, mini subject subgroups in the app that you have created. Mm-hmm. And one of them that I really enjoy are just these contests sort of the week. And they're not really contests. It's more of a conversation starter, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like, the spark of the idea that I brought you here today, which is AI disrupting the status quo. Mm -hmm. So in this discord that we're doing, um, you do like weekly challenges, so to speak, just kind of get people to talk and to learn about each other, which is really cool. So the first one you did was take a picture of something blue and it could be anything. It could be something you cherish. It could be something that just happens to be to the right of you currently. But take a picture of something blue and share it with us. And so people shared everything from a trampoline to something that was really important and special to them. It was a movie cover. Um, oh, I, I shared a, um, a Disney uh, Chicago Cubs baseball mug that I have, travel um, tumbler. Um, you shared your blue glasses that your mother bought for you. Well, she bought for herself. Yes. <laughs> and then subsequently, they're now yours because she decided she didn't like them. That's, that's the story she always tells me. Right. With which everything. Is, which is probably <laughs> not true because that's, that's mom's, right? It's like, how can I give you this gift without thinking that I'm giving you a yeah, she's gift. crafty. Yes. Well, and then you were saying that they're kind of like your 
your um, your persona now because you wear them all the time. However, today you're wearing red rimmed glasses, which are actually a hand me down from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> These, it's funny because I I misunderstood what my mom was telling me about my blue glasses. This is hardly interesting. This is great great podcast content. Um, <laughs> it's uh, all great content. <laughs> thank you, um, uh, but. Uh, I misunderstood what she was telling me about the blue glasses, so I had been telling people that the blue glasses were a hand-me-down, and uh, my mom clarified that actually, no, she bought them for herself, but she never wore them, and then she thought that they would look better on me. Um, But then she actually did hand me down her red glasses when she was done with them. Which I think her version of what a hand-me-down is is different than what my version of a hand-me-down is. Because for (laughs) me, a hand-me-down is any item that I have had in my possession that I no longer need or want. Mm -hmm. And so I hand it down to somebody. I hand it across to somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, So for her, I think maybe subconsciously, she just did buy them for you, but she maybe forgot or needed an excuse to give them to you or something (laughs) like that. yeah, yeah, but the so in Discord, so we're we're doing this contest and we're Mm -hmm. explaining what these things are to get to know each other. And so last week, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say I won because I'm competitive and I like winning things, yeah. even though my submission wasn't any better than anybody else's. And it was uh, – so the person that was asking us the question asked us to share our favorite book quote. And the first thing I thought to myself was – I am in the wrong group of people with these nerds that read. I don't read anything. I have no idea what book quotes are. Can I use a movie quote? Like all these thoughts were going through my head. And I just happened to be reading the book, You Are a Badass by Jen Cicero. And a quote came up. And I was like, ooh, that's the one I'm going to do. So I took a picture of it and posted it. And that's the one that – ended up winning, which is fantastic, Yeah. which brings me to the point of why I started this whole conversation with you is now I have to try to figure out what the spark of a question is this week. And the first thing that came to my head was kind of, it kind of felt almost asshole-ish mm-hmm. because it was one of those things where it had to be like a certain time or a certain place. Um, and we're all busy, so it doesn't necessarily make sense. But my whole idea was based on the app be real. And so you said, you mean be roll? And that's what I said the first time I heard about be real. (laughs) So no, be real is an app where it, it's the stupidest thing ever, but it's, I don't know why I keep doing it. I do it day after day. So be real. Sponsor this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) And so be real is the whole concept of it is that social media is so fake that you're seeing moments in time of people's lives where things are the way that they want you to perceive their life as being all the time. And so Be Real came in and said, we're going to disrupt the status quo and we are going to create an app where randomly sometime in the day, we are going to give you an alert to your phone and you have two minutes to post a photo. And the photo, they take a photo with your front camera and your back camera, and you can redo the photo, but there's no filter options. You can't type on the photo. You can do a description of what's going on on the bottom, but the photo is raw, and it's 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 basically, this is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And so the B-reel goes off, you have two minutes to do it, and 
if you don't do it within those two minutes, it takes away the opportunity for you to post multiple times that day. Mm. So you can still post during that day if you miss the two minute window. Um, but if you don't post during that day, you can't see anybody else's post. Mm. You have to post in order to see their post. Oh, that's fun. And so my concept of the challenge in, um, what is the app called? Discord. Discord. Yeah. <laughs> my brain went blank for a second. In Discord was to do something that was real. So at you know, 10, 15 a.m., you have to take a picture of what's directly to your right. It doesn't matter what day you do it, but it has to be at a certain time. Um, and then it's whatever's literally on your right-hand side. And then tell us what's on your right. So it could be your messy car. It could be that you're at your kid's sports game and then there's um, a bunch of strangers next to you. It could, I mean, it could be really anything. And so it's more of a what's happening in the moment. You can't put any thought into it. It has to be at a certain time on your right. And mm -hmm. so that was kind of my be real crossover into discord of what our challenge was going to be because i feel like people to take so much time and effort to figure out okay what blue thing am i going to post um and or or what quote am i going to do is is the quote going to be inspiring enough is it going to be cool enough is it going to be because yours was really great yours is a quote that you actually print it out put on your wall and look at every day also because i don't read books <laughs> I, <laughs> so I didn't have very many options but I, who I are listened. these nerds asking us to do these things <laughs> i know <laughs> i don't have time for who books reads anymore <laughs> well, yeah my quote was from an audio book or well, i mean it was from a actual book that had been read as an audiobook, which was how it made it into my brain. Right. Um, which but, is what most of us do nowadays. Yep. Yeah. Because we all have ADHD. <laughs> uh, yes. 100%. I just, um, I've self-diagnosed myself with it um, by, because uh, I got my PhD from TikTok and from <laughs> Instagram Reels. And so I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing. Um, yes. Prestigious. Oh my gosh. There's so many people who are um, who have ADHD, who do a really good job of educating people on what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And just there's a young 20-something that's on, and he's, he does so many different reels. Um, I think I found him. Uh, yeah, I found him on um, Instagram. And I love watching what he does because it speaks to me and what my brain is currently doing. And... I wish I could remember what the heck his name is, but um, <laughs> case in point, right? Yes, thank you. And the reason why I continue to ramble on we're ten minutes and thirty-seven <laughs> seconds into this, and we have yet to introduce who my guest is today. <laughs> so I was going to ask you before we came on here. I was going to write it down of how you want me to introduce you, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself, oh, and I want you to in include whatever it is, as much as you want or as little as you want, to who Patrick Burton is. So I'm going to shut up for a second. <laughs> no promises. I won't interject and then let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thanks for having me on the show. Um, my name is Patrick Burton. I'm a creative technologist. Um, uh, that means that I'm an artist that works with new technologies. Um, and recently I'm... Um, I'm the co-founder of a startup called Benvision, um, which is an assistive technology startup. 
Um, and uh, I've given a handful of community talks about generative AI, which is uh, the technology behind uh, what we do at Benvision, um, or one of the technologies behind what we do at Benvision. And, um, and I'm, I'm a recent transplant here uh, in Troutdale from Los Angeles. I moved here about a year year and a few months ago. Um, and uh, shortly shortly thereafter joined the Chamber of Commerce, and that was how we met. Yeah. yeah. It was really hard for me not to interject that whole entire time. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Could, could you see me sweating? Yes, the, I could. The, so before we got in here, you told me that you like doing podcasts, but you feel that you're terrible at them, and you. So I'm trying. I want to try to make that as as comfortable as possible. And oh, I appreciate that. Just just know that I have about 16 people who listen. So <laughs> chances are your friends and family will never hear this, and so who cares? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Ten years down the line, someone's going to dig this up. <laughs> Millions, <laughs> and they're going to hold you to it. Yep. Well, in, in your introduction, you said a couple of things that I, I want to touch on that I think are really cool. Um, so one of them, Ben Vision, yep. is um, a very cool startup. And I've had the opportunity to test out um, your most recent um, innovation that you are doing at Envision. And can we talk about it? Is it too early? Are we no, able to say things about it? Just don't talk about how it didn't work. <laughs> okay. No, it's 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 in its infancy. And yes. so you the the vision for it and pun intended mm-hmm. um, is that people who have limited sight capabilities, so people who are blind or people who um, are losing their vision or just have never really had great vision can now see. Yes, in in some sense of the word. Um, right. Yeah. So not not exactly how we think of sight. Right. But if you think that um, if you think that Daredevil can see, um, if you think that uh, who's who's somebody else that uses echolocation? Bats. Bats. Bats yeah. use echolocation. There we go. Bats. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. So what what is echolocation? Ed- educate people who aren't nec- don't necessarily know what that means. Sure. Yeah. Um, so echolocation is uh, the technique used by bats and dolphins to. Um, uh, because they don't have great eyesight, they um, emit a sound. Bats squeak. Dolphins also squeak, I think. Um, and they, they emit a sound, and then they listen to the reflection of their sound bouncing off of the different objects around them. And based on what is around them, the the echo or the reflection of, of their sound will come back differently, and their ears are attuned to those small differences, those small changes in the sound. And um, over time, they, their brain is kind of mapped to those changes, and they, they understand that, like, oh, if it comes back higher frequency, then there's a rock somewhere over there, or lower frequency, then it's there's a tree. I don't know. Um, a tree, yeah. yeah. Well, and so the whole time you're talking, I'm thinking beluga whales, mm. because from um, Finding Dory, there's oh, yeah. a beluga whale <laughs> in there. And so when you said... But it comes back at a different frequency, and it's a tree. I'm like, oh yeah, those those special underwater trees. Yeah. Which I mean, there are probably underwater trees, but yeah. So um, there's my EDD brain coming in, listening, yeah. but kind of thinking about <laughs> what I want to say next. Um, yeah. And so I got to try out the the tech, um, and it was just as you were pro- you were transitioning it from a desktop 
processor um, with tons of power mm -hmm. to a tablet processor with less power. Mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, there's going to be, you know, uh, snags and quirks going from one to another. And this is great new technology. But I was able to use the glasses and then um, hear the sounds and it identified for me that there was a plant in front of me or that there was a chair in front of me. And they both made different sounds so that if I was limited sight, I could identify what those items were. And then as I got closer to them, the sound got louder so that I knew how far away I was. Similar to a you know your bumper sensors when you're backing up a car yes. um and then and then all of a sudden it's like eh, you know like a solid sound like you're gonna hit this thing um and so i think it's a really cool technology and what what makes your tech different than what other people are doing because i know that you told me the differences before but of course it went in one hour ear and out the other <laughs> because i love the technology i think it's super awesome but I'm not that techie, so I, it, anyways. No, of course. No, I'm happy to explain. And um, to, to back up a little bit, the, the technology behind Benvision, what it does, it's, um, it's an app that runs either on a mobile device or on AR glasses, as you described. And um, it, it uses the camera to run an object detection algorithm, which identifies and locates and categorizes all of the objects around you. And then based on those categories, it assigns a musical tone or a timber rather to those objects. And um, all of those timbers or tones, they uh, harmonize together so that they, they sound good together. So as you're navigating through your environment, it actually sounds like a, like a symphony, like you're walking through music. Um, and uh, so uh, going back to your question, how is this different from what already exists? So that depends on whether you're um, comparing it against traditional solutions or the modern day assistive solutions. So I'll start with the traditional solutions Okay. Um, in that we function wise, our system is probably most similar to a guide dog. Um, uh, but uh, in, in that it helps you uh, sort of identify or in, in that it helps you kind of navigate around um, um, and uh, take it, it takes cues and helps you. <laughs> let me let me let me back up a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, no, it's, um, it's it's complex technology. It's really cool. Thank you. And, and thank you're. I mean, you're, you're, like I said before, you're in your infancy, right? So yes. getting these speeches down to articulate to people in layman terms what it's doing, I mean, it, it takes a minute to get it down. Yes, yes. And and our product is also evolving every day, so I have to remember. <laughs> what is it doing it's, today? <laughs> so Yes, exactly. So we actually, we have two modes that we're developing, and one is called white cane mode and one is called guide dog mode. And actually the version that you tried, it was white cane mode. Um, okay. And uh, um, so, so I'll back up and, and compare it against a white cane first. Is that you know with a with a white cane, um, the user it's very similar to echolocation, except they're using both both their um, hearing and uh, tactile feedback of the cane. Um, but the cane is essentially making noises and giving giving haptic feedback to inform the user of what the cane is touching, um, and so that. Uh, so that's very similar to the, to the system that that we described, um, that which is white cane mode in, in Ben, uh, which is our flagship product. Binaural Experience Navigator is what Ben stands for. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, that is uh, so so it's similar to uh, white cane um, in that it 
um, in that it helps identify the objects that are around you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the way that it's different from a solution like a white cane or a, or a guide dog is that there's uh, training involved that you need to you need to undergo if you want to um, if you want to learn how to use a cane. There's um, uh, one one user I talked with described that they they wanted to send her to a camp where she'd have to be away from her family for I can't remember three weeks or three months and she would need to be entirely blindfolded because she did have some remaining vision but in order to train with the cane they need to go no vision so that so that they're entirely reliant on the cane not and not using their sight because then it's not effect as effective if you're if you're supplementing your cane um uh, with with your actual vision. Sure. I mean, so, you're learning a new language. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's a little bit behind what we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, convert convert uh, visible objects into a new musical language. Um, wow. And uh, so with that, and that's actually true for both guide dogs and and white canes is that uh, you need to undergo training. Of course, with guide dogs, the guide dogs themselves need to undergo training. Um, sure. and because of that they're very expensive there's a shortage of them there it's hard to it's hard to get a guide dog if you're a visually impaired person mm-hmm. um, and then once you get that guide dog you know you have to take care of it you have to feed yeah. it everything that comes with having a dog and on top of that you're not allowed to let anybody else pet it or interact with it which I mean there's also something to be said about the dog's quality of life I'm sure some I'm, I don't want to speak for dogs but I'm sure <laughs> some dogs enjoy being guide dogs but yes. But there's also the reality that when a dog is working, if it, when the dog's working, people aren't supposed to interact with it. And sure, that, that has to have an effect on them as well. Yeah, and so uh, well, and not all guide dogs make it. You know, yes. so we have an, emo- an emotional support dog at our Gresham Police um, Office, um, that or Police Department, Police Office, at our Gresham Police Department that um, is a guide dog dropout. You know, and so he is the most lovable thing you'd ever see. But he, for whatever reason, I can't remember the reason why he he dropped out, but he just wasn't the right one. So the guide dogs for the blind donated him to the Gresham Police Department, which is fantastic. But that that is one of the reasons why it limits the number of dogs that are in their pool. There's also if people want to learn more about the guide dog process is there's a show on Disney Plus that follows the guide dogs for the blind and follows oh, wow. the entire process. It's freaking cool to watch. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So anyways. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, uh, and the, uh, what was the last thing? I don't know because I keep interrupting you. No, so that's that's, okay. the, that's that's my role in this <laughs> whole thing. So you were you were talking about um, the white cane process and having oh. to go to camp and, and how your – glasses yes. and, and your um, technology will assist in the fact that it will be probably less expensive yes. and the training or the learning curve might be less. Yes. Yeah. Great summary. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and another big problem with uh, guide dogs is that uh, not not that there's a lot of problems with guide dogs, but that um, a challenge users, with do- guide dogs. There we go. Sure. Love that language. Um, uh, another challenge with guide dogs is that Ubers will. Uh, there's been a lot of cases of like people trying to get ride shares, and then as even though it's uh, written in Uber's policy that if the user is blind and has an assist, uh, uh, support animal, then the the Uber needs to let them in. Ubers will just like ditch them. They'll just drive off. 
Um, and, and they wouldn't know it because they're blind, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's like, oh yeah, we 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 quit you. We were blocks away. We do, had no idea. I remember when I went to go um, drive for Uber and Lyft. There was special training that we could go through, and then there were special Ubers and Lyfts that were designated that would accept dogs. And I was like, I, my hand went straight up. I'm like, yes, that's me, mm-hmm. because I know it's important to give access to everybody. You know, and and the fact that they have this dog with them shouldn't deny them access places. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people in the world abusing the emotional support animal status, which is really disturbing for those people who actually need that support and have trained animals that can go into restaurants and can go into stores and it is incredible to me the number of people who have these dogs that's or other animals i heard of one that had an alligator Mm. um and maybe they are an emotional support animal that's great but i'm 100 percent sure they probably didn't go through much training as Mm. an alligator (laughs) um and that's my expert opinion over here on this side i have a i have a voice I have a platform, therefore I'm an expert. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so the, but with the dogs, I mean, I have seen um, people say that they need to bring certain animals into restaurants because um, it's a service animal. And meanwhile, it's a purse dog. They're feeding it from the table. You know, they're doing all these, it's barking at people. It's disrupting thing and everything. And you're looking at this animal thinking, I get that you love your dog. That's super fantastic. But your dog is not a trained service animal. Yeah. There's a difference. And I think because of that, the people who have trained service animals who truly rely on those animals are being denied services, wrongfully so, Mm -hmm. by people like Uber and Lyft and saying, oh, you can't bring my dog in, you know, in my car. No, I... Bring them on, man. Give me a call. Call me. I'll come pick you up. I've got this hammock thing in the back of my car that my dog goes in. It's perfect. Um, but, you're, but you're right. Those are some challenges yeah. that unfortunately exist. Yeah. Um, and so th- those are those are sort of the traditional solutions. Um, uh, so there's other um, more modern solutions, assistive technology is what we call it, um, where that are kind of similar to what we're building. Um, there's an app that you can use your phone to um, kind of scan around you and it'll read out, basically speak out the name of an object when it recognizes it. So I would kind of, I would scan the room like this and then I would say microphone, person, okay. headphones. Um, it's probably really helpful when you go shopping too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, helpful getting around, yes, but also helpful in, you know, yes. scanning items in a grocery store. Like this is shredded wheat versus this is frosted flakes versus you know uh cinnamon toast crunch it's like okay well you know that that way you're picking the right products and yes because nothing has braille on it i don't know if you know this (laughs) but i have noticed as somebody who has full vision Mm. there's not a lot of things that have braille on them no and uh, um whatever stores those are are not in compliance with the ada um but there are um, Fred Meyer, Safeway, <laughs> <laughs> Albertsons. <laughs> Though I will say, um, with Kroger specifically, they are partnered with one of our competitors. Who um, they there? There's a um, 
what's it called? Not a QR code, like like kind of like a special barcode oh. that um, a lot of packaging has adopted that um, that low vision or blind users can use these uh, assistive tech apps and and scan the barcodes. Oh, nice! And it tells them what it is, and yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah. So there are there are solutions like that. Um, what separates us from those other solutions is that we um, we put the emotional experience before the functional, um, the u- utility aspect, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the um, when when we were first developing the solution, we developed it at a hackathon at um, in MIT at MIT in Boston uh, back in January. Um, and uh, we were just trying to create something that would help blind people. Um, and, and what's a hackathon, real quick, like Cliff's Notes? It's a programming competition. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one in particular, this is like the the hackathon, the programming competition. Okay. Um, like the Olympics of hackathons. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we could say that. Okay. All um, right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Remember platform. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, by proxy that I'm an Olympian. That's right. For, yes. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this this one in particular, you know, thousands of people apply. They accepted, I think, 350 last year. Wow. Um, and uh, these are like the, the smartest. Well, they, what, what I really like about what MIT does is they invite both developers and designers. And so that was how I found my way in was as a designer because um, I forgot to mention, but I also own Space Dog Media, which is a video production and motion design um, studio. Um, and uh, that was how I found my way into the, the hackathon. And uh, um, they, uh, the team formation process is a lot like Squid Game, where they'll just kind of they'll just tell you, uh, "Did you watch Squid Game?" Yes, I did. <laughs> and so you're saying the team formation is like Squid Game, and I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> but not red light, green light, right? Like we're not <laughs> no, we're not no. playing real real life red light, green light. No, no, the part right okay. before that. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. Were they were they okay? Yeah. I see. Although I guess for red light, green light, that was a every man for himself. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. But, okay, so they just. So you you apply to be a part of this, mm-hmm. and but not as a team. Correct. And then they choose your team for you. No, it's, oh. you're left to choose your own team. Oh, okay. Out of the people who got out of in, everybody who's physically there. Okay. So every it's it's a little bit chaotic. You the first day is a um, it, it's more like a convention where you can attend uh, workshops. Uh, they have s- scheduled workshops throughout the day. They have a playground where you can uh, test out like the newest. And this one's a XR hackathon, extended reality, which is uh, virtual reality and everything after that. And uh, it, so you can- <laughs> And everything after that. Yeah, I like how you say that, so, so nonchalant, like we all know what you're talking about. <laughs> it, it just takes so long to say it all. No, it's, it's fine, virtual. it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> no, I'm with you, so yeah. we're, so it, Basically, you're, you're doing extreme networking. Yeah, yeah, it's a big networking event. Okay. Um, uh, it, it's I, I would say that the networking is almost more important than the competition aspect. Um, sure. But yeah, so you you get there, you go through a full day of, of workshops and and getting to see like the latest tech, and then at the end of the first day, there's the opening ceremony, and then at the end they say, okay, go form your teams. This sounds very Hunger Games to me. Less Squid <laughs> Games, more Hunger Games. But but Hunger Games is each man for himself. I mean, it really is. I, I guess you form kind of an alliance until you have to kill the person that you're forming an alliance with. But that doesn't that doesn't happen in this. No, nobody. No, dies. okay, nobody dies. Okay, <laughs> very cool. Right. Everything else is pretty much on point. No, um, uh, so they uh, so they get 
they basically tell everybody, go form a team. This year, the rule was teams of five, no more, no less, um, because I think they had a nice round number. They had, like, exactly 350, so they knew they could do that. Okay. Um, and uh, and then they leave us all to our chaotic selves. We basically imagine the scene. There's a university hall, and uh, just doesn't hundreds of people are like shouting out like their best ideas or or pitching their own their personal what value they could bring to a team um people are like writing their ideas on walls and then and then signing them with their discord username which by the way this hackathon was where i where i was first introduced to discord holy Um. shit this sounds very much like hunger games like okay (laughs) you're good at shooting a bow and you're good at lighting fires in the woods Mm -hmm. so because you're good at this and you're good at this and i need this you know so (laughs) so do you do you go into it already knowing kind of what the hunger games aspect of it is and knowing a little bit about what your best attribute is to bring to the table so you know what to yell the loudest or is it just presented to you in in time um a little bit a little bit of both it's i uh, um obviously like i go in knowing what i what i'm good at there's usually whatever you applied with that got you in Um, yeah and so i knew that i i could um contribute my videography skills uh it, it was a new requirement this year i think that uh that every team needed to have a video that accompanied their project right um and uh so so i mean everybody i think everybody is probably different some people go in thinking that they're uh, with with, uh, ideas that they already wanted to work on some people probably go in i think with a few people that they already have in mind that they want to work with right um but it's set up so that you can kind of go into it cold and still come out with like a pretty cool project wow so that's um, awesome. I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room. Just, um, I mean, when 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 you're growing up, I think there should have been more. And there's, there's a loud conversation going on outside. Uh, should I go tell them to shut up? I can go tell them. To okay, shut up. <laughs> do it. Okay. Not that I know of. I don't know. No, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it worked. I tried. I tried. Yeah, I tried looking at the light around the thing. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being that bulldog. Oh yeah. Oh, being a so when you're in school, I think there should have been more emphasis on. Make the nerds your ally. Mm. <laughs> because I use nerds in the word nerd as a term of endearment. Like mm. my brother, total geek, total nerd, wicked smart. Um, like he skipped a grade and he graduated from college at a certain – at a young age before he could drink. And and he's, um, he's an engineer. You know, his brain is – really rather large and those are the people i feel like they should have taught you at a young age those are who your friends should be 
you know, the smart kids, the ones that not necessarily you'll ride the coattails of, but the ones that are going to change things, you know, the, the ones that you should watch and see what they do and try to find a way that you could be in their circle. And if not for anything else other to be able to absorb some of that knowledge and some of that innovation, because um, being in a room of 300 people out of thousands that applied in a hall at MIT where it's pure chaos, literally writing their best attributes on a wall so that you could pull them over to your team to hopefully win this competition that is very much squid slash hunger games um, <laughs> is so cool and mind-blowing to me like I just like literally if you sat if you put like a little shelf on the wall I could be your little elf on the shelf <laughs> and just sit there and watch all of the nerding going on it, I mean it just it, it blows my mind because there's so many different things that people come up with and um, and they create out of nothing or out of a spark of an idea mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's it's just awe-inspiring to me, and those are the people that I love just watching um, and m blowing my mind constantly and just learning from. So I'm sure that part of being in that room for you, at least it would be for me, is just absorbing the fact that you are in a room with so many people who are smarter than you. Oh, yeah. And then to be able to absorb some of that, because they always say, if you are the smartest person in the room, you need to go to a different room, right? You could be friends. You could be friends, and you yes. can hang out with people who um, aren't as smart as you, or who aren't as ambitious as you. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But the people that you really want to surround yourself with are people who are more ambitious than you, mm -hmm. and people who are smarter than you. And as soon as you find that you're that person in the room, you need to expand your circle. Yes. Because you'll never grow past where you're at if you are the smartest, most ambitious person in the room. It's you're it's like hitting your head against the wall, right? Yeah. Agreed. So for me, being in that room of all of these people <laughs> with all these super cool ideas would have just been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what what happens so after you form your teams after you do the Hunger Game thing and you reach in there and you form your team. See, I told you this podcast just goes wherever it's going to go. Um, after you form these teams, then you get together. And at that point, is that where you come up with the idea of what you guys are going to use in the competition? No. So we um, most of the teams are formed around an idea. So, okay. Uh, so one person will have an idea and then uh, they'll find other people who like that idea. And, hey, I want to work on that with you. And that, that's how the team has grown. Oh, okay. So, okay. So it's not just skill-based and then you come up with the idea together. It's just you find somebody with an idea that speaks to you and you say, oh, that's something that I could get on board with. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they also have to be somebody that you could see yourself working with. There's actually um, the one of the first groups, one of the first teams that formed um, had a very similar idea to us, helping, helping blind people. Um, but I didn't want to work with them because the guy who pitched the idea just seemed like he had uh, too large of a personality. Look at you being a mean girl. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's survival. It's, well, yes, it is. Well, and, and, and personality has a lot to do with it. You attract who you attract. And mm -hmm. if they don't attract you, then, yeah, you're going to be on a different team. Yep. Wow. So who's, whose spark of an idea was it? It was um, uh, our member, um, our co-founder, his name is uh, Mateusz. 
He's a man from Poland. Mateusz. Um, yes. Okay. Um, I, I call him Mateusz because that's how that's what I thought his name was when he introduced himself to me. Um, <laughs> so he gets a nickname. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> we all, everybody calls him something different. Some, one of us calls him Matthew. One of us calls him, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I call him Mateusz. Then, yeah, there's also right. Mateusz, which is his real name. But, um, no, he's, uh, uh, I mean, in, uh, he's, he's a genius. But he's he's very very smart, um, innovative thinker uh, yeah. from Poland. He's um, he was named in, in some Polish publication. He was named like one of the top top ten innovative thinkers in Poland, something like this. Okay. He was a uh, CEO of another company called BioMinds, which he's since uh, left. But he's um, he, he's kind of a serial serial entrepreneur in the med tech space. Um, biotech space. Very cool. Right now he's working on a project called uh, HemoLens, which um, uh, by the name of it sounds like something to do with analyzing blood. But I, I don't know very much about that other project. But okay. anyways, it was uh, Matus who, or Mateusz, who had the idea to ma- create something that helped blind people. But that was, that was the only idea that we had to start with. Um, and then as a team, we kind of developed it into what it is today. Um, and that is the uh, uh, a spatial audio based uh, music based navigator. Okay. Um, and this this brings me back to the the question I was answering ten minutes ago, <laughs> the, um, how we differentiate ourselves from our competition. Yeah. Um, it was actually so. There's there's a couple a couple places we pulled inspiration from. Um, firstly, the name Ben. Uh, the way we got the name Ben was we were inspired by a man named Ben Underwood, um, and he was a he was a young young man blind blind or. He developed blindness. I think it was cancer, and mm-hmm. he got it in his eyes and uh, took away his sight. But he taught himself echolocation, and uh, he like one does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, we're resilient, so <laughs> right. you can either you can either go one or the other way. I guess yeah, you um, could just you know uh, curl up into a corner and say, "This is well, this is my life now," or you know, you yeah. embrace your your new difference and. Yeah, and that's that's right. why he's so inspiring to us. And yeah, that's amazing. So there's, uh, you know, you can Google Ben Underwood and you'll find news clips of him like shooting a basketball or riding a bike or, um, you know, his other stuff. Uh, unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the cancer ended up taking him out um, when he was still young. But his story was very inspiring to us, and uh, we wanted to create something. We thought, like, we could use the concept of echolocation but kind of elevate it a little bit and make it easier with this you know, he, he did that with no technology. We have this incredible technology at our fingertips. So surely we can meet the users halfway at least. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was our one inspiration. Our other was, um, our teammate Lucas. She told us a story about her and her mom. Her mom is also uh, disabled. She lost the use of her legs to polio. And, uh, Lucas used to joke with her mom, um, that, she she would say you should just get your legs chopped off and uh, get prosthetics so then you'll be able to walk again you know problem solved um, sure yeah just easy yeah yeah but uh, uh, her mom one day her mom replied to her she said you don't get it though I don't care that I can't walk I care that I can't wear a skirt and uh, what she was voicing is this need oh shit for for a human experience yeah to just be able to enjoy something the same way that her able bodied peers were able to and. Uh, this is kind of the way that we looked at our product um, in contrast to the way the other products are being developed is like all these people are thinking about letting people walk again. We're building a skirt. 
Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so rather than rather than just fo- focusing on the function, which of course is important because we want people to be able to use it and actually navigate with it. Of course, that's important. Um, uh, but there's another aspect that's being neglected, which is this emotional experience, this feeling of being human, with mm-hmm. of being equal to your peers, um, uh, that is missing from the current solutions. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel very human to be walking around pointing a phone and having, you know, hearing like recorder, person, uh, tree, box, you know, just words being spoken to your ear from a robotic voice. That doesn't feel very human. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to create something that would feel uh, that would feel not not just intuitive, but but also um, emotional. Sure. A little bit more natural. Yeah. Um, so that's that's our differentiator. OK. <laughs> and you created this for your competition at MIT. Yes. Yeah. Or the concept of it. I yes. mean, obviously, it takes years to create and develop something like that. And yeah. we won, by the way. We won. We won the accessibility category. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna clap like this because I know it's gonna be loud on the mic. I'll, I'll add to it thank, so it sounds like more. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, yeah. You. So you. So you. You walked in as complete strangers, and now you guys are business partners. All five of you still. Yes. Yes. All five of us plus one. We uh, we picked up a new member. Okay. Too. Yeah. So business partners creating this great technology, um, and and. You talk about the skirt, mm-hmm. and that's um, it. It's really interesting because as an able-bodied person, I don't think of things like that. Mm-hmm. But when I was, but it makes sense. I was at a um, visitors convention um, put on by the um, uh, Travel Oregon. Yeah, it was put on by Travel Oregon, um, and I went to the convention. It was like three days, and they had a speaker there. And, of course, I'm not going to be able to remember his name, but maybe I'll put it in the show notes if I remember. <laughs> um, but what he does is he is has been in a wheelchair his entire life. And so he found out, I think, when he was two or three that he had some, some debilitating thing. I, I don't know if it was spina bifida. I don't, I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really isn't relevant to the story. Mm-hmm. So he's been in a wheelchair his entire life and he's he wanted to travel the world. And so finally he had the opportunity to travel the world. And what he does is he blogs his, his experiences. Um, and he's so good at articulating what places are accessible versus what places aren't and why they're accessible and why they aren't, that people have paid him to come to their locations to experience their property or their, um, you know, their their hike or, or whatever the case might be so he could be an expert to them so that they can help make it more accessible to more people. And every single person who has a different ability is different. So not all wheelchair-bound people are the same or would benefit from the same types of accommodation of accommodations as the person next to them. Um, but some of the things that he was saying that I thought was really interesting is flying on an airplane. Mm-hmm. So because he's wheelchair-bound, it's one of those really fancy um, electric wheelchairs. And so when he flies, he has to go from his electric wheelchair um, and be transferred 
transferred into um, the plane and then into his seat. So when he travels, he always travels with another person. And I believe usually it's his mother. Um, and so um, his wheelchair then gets secured underneath the airplane. Well, he was telling a story that airlines are not gentle with the wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And somebody he knew, uh, their wheelchair was harmed in storage. Mm -hmm. And when they got out of the airplane, their wheelchair didn't function. And so they got to their location, their wheelchair didn't function, and they have no other way to get it around. It's like literally like chopping off somebody's legs. Like, okay, now, now I can't go anywhere. Well, once the wheelchair was able to function, they were able to get around, but because they can't feel anything, they develop sores mm. from where the dysfunction was on the wheelchair, and they ended up dying oh, wow. because of the mishandling of their wheelchair. And so like the skirt, you know, she doesn't want to lose her legs because she just wants to wear a goddamn skirt, right? To us, we're thinking it's not something we would think about because we're able-bodied. Mm -hmm. Also, it's not something we would think about that a small little thing, small thing in a wheelchair that went wrong caused such bad sores that this person died from them, you know? And so it's it's cool that you're doing these things um, and, and you're also getting a lot of input from people who live the life of being having limited sight or no sight at all um, to gain their perspective because you can see. I mean, you might wear glasses, but you can see clear as day. <laughs> and so for you to develop something and tell somebody, oh, this will be great for you, you don't know that. Right. Just like your friend didn't know that th their mom wanted to wear a skirt, right? right? Or this guy, um, his friend got injured because one little thing went wrong in the wheelchair. Right. Um, so taking in those experiences and getting other people's point of view is so important. It sounds like you guys are doing the work the right way, which we're, is awesome. <laughs> we're certainly doing our best. I'm yeah. Actually meeting with um, the whole foundation tomorrow. We're going to be talking about that's the oral hole foundation they they um they're a rehab center for the blind and low vision um and hopefully uh, hopefully establish a lasting relationship with them get their get their input on the system and, yeah and they're a local uh, organization is that correct yeah they're just yeah. in sandy yeah so but. that'll be that'll be a really good um resource for you um because you don't know what you don't know yeah. you know, and not living in that life and in that experience. I mean, I told you about the time I um, paid for an experience um, to have dinner as if I was blind. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we went to this uh, place and it was put on by an organization that benefited limited sight people. Um, and they blackout curtained everything. So you, my eyes were wide open the entire time and I could not see anything. Um, and they served us dinner and we ate dinner and they played music and they had a, had conversations and they, they um, did uh, like poetry reading and, and things like this. But we had to serve, they did family style. So we had to serve our own food, right? And they made everything lukewarm so we wouldn't <laughs> burn ourselves. Um, but my outfit, I, I was a mess at the end of this thing. You know, it was quite the experience. And I don't know what, you know, what I don't know. So it was a cool thing to experience. 
And we go back to the beginning of this podcast where it took me 10 minutes to finally introduce who the heck you were. Um, And we were talking about AI and how it's disrupting the status quo. And there's a lot of people out there, um, a lot of writers who are suing the um, the creators of ChatGPT because they feel that it's plagiarism and it's taking away from their um, from their art, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which um, I don't want to get into that. And I don't necessarily want your opinion on w- if that's right or wrong or, or whatever. But AI is disrupting the status quo, Certainly. right? But one thing I know as a social media manager is I ask AI to write me a post for a certain subject. And then I ask it to write a post for another subject. They look very similar in tone and what the, what they're writing, and 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 you can mix it up and stuff. But it's kind of easy to tell that it's AI. I mean, it does a pretty good job, um, but it still very much has its limitations. But you guys are taking AI to the next level, right? And you're not looking to necessarily replace seeing eye dogs or replace white canes. You're looking to create a world that's more accessible to people that couldn't otherwise access it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Our our system is not, like like you said, not designed to replace, uh, to be a replacement for white canes, guide dogs, uh, human aids. Um, It can actually be used in conjunction with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully it will alleviate the the guide dog shortage problem, the strain that, that that's being put on that system right now um, and and provide an alternative for people who maybe are allergic to dogs or don't like dogs. Um, I mean, who cares about those people? But <laughs> Those guys are trash. Yeah. <laughs> Not the allergic ones, the ones that don't like dogs. <laughs> I mean, the They're allergic not my ones people. too. I That's mean, your gotta, logo is literally a dog. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're very pro dog in my household. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think what you guys are doing is really cool. And I had oh, a you. spark of an idea of what we were going to talk about today, and it went yeah. completely off the rails, which <laughs> is what this podcast does all the time. But your your journey in creating this tech, I mean, starting from a contest at MIT and having no idea how that was going to affect you or what project you were going to come out there with. When you first applied, did you have an idea of or did you have a direction that you thought you would be going? Um, all I, the only thing I wanted to do was, was work on a meaningful project. I, there, okay. they have these different, um, tracks, they call them tracks. And, uh, I, I won't try to explain because I don't fully understand, but one, one of the tracks right. was called future constructors. And this was for everybody that really wanted to be working on something social impact related. Um, and, uh, so there were like special lectures that, and this, the, this future constructors program was also a separate application. Once you get accepted to the hackathon, you you apply again to get into this this uh, other program that kind of uh, connects you with other people that are social impact minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that 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 was really the only thing I wanted to do because um, you know take Space Dog Media, I love love doing videography, um, AR filters, uh, motion design, all that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, the only 
the only public benefit it does is that it keeps me alive, you know, Sure. <laughs> is that it, it provides a stream of income for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like, what else could I say that it's done for the world? Maybe it's helped some of my clients sell their products or sell their services. But um, I really, uh, if I, I knew that if I had the opportunity to be a part of something else, then I wanted it to be something that I could stand behind and say that this is making the world a better place. Even saying that out loud makes me cringe a little bit because of the whole Silicon Valley. I don't know if you watched Silicon Valley. No. Uh, making the world a better place was like a joke. It was like a running gag. That, okay. Like, every company says they're making the world a better Make place. Make the world a better place. Through, you know, and then they'll go through this whole techno babble. Yeah. Like, um, well, and then they always say things like, well, if I could just help one person. You know? but, <laughs> but your tech is both of those things, mm-hmm. right? When it is fully functional. It will be able to not only help a single person, but it will make the world a better place for those people who need the tech. So it might not make the world a better place for everybody, right? That's a lofty goal. (laughs) But it will certainly make the world more accessible to those who need it to be more accessible. Absolutely. Which is a very, yeah, not everybody can die and say that they've done that right yeah Yeah. not not planning on dying anytime soon right (laughs) in the future (laughs) far from now yes yes no i appreciate that yeah and well and you will have to finish it before you die oh yeah 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 we're looking at uh two years out for um in terms of uh, market viability oh we're planning to go to the market in two years wow that's fast yeah I don't know. I mean, these other guys are doing uh, not like uh, ChatGPT. OpenAI just uh, released a uh, or they just upgraded ChatGPT. I don't know if you've heard this, but now it can see, hear and speak. I saw that. Um, but how big is their team and their budget? Oh, yeah. I know they're huge. That, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is yeah, yeah. That like other people are also closing in on the same sort of the same sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they may they may not be focused on the same issue that I'm focused on, but technology wise, like. So what you're saying, you need to get this done sooner than later. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, one of my 16 listeners out there and you want to invest in my friend, Patrick Burton and Ben Vision, just write me an email, Aaron at nodirectionpodcast.com. And uh, we'll get you hooked up because these guys, I'm sure will take all of your money. (laughs) Just leave it at that. Yeah, they'll t- they'll take they'll take your money. You get no creative um, advice. You have no um, input into what they're doing, but you can go ahead and sponsor their you know right arm or something. No, you're the best. We are we are searching. Um, we're we're fundraising right now. We're looking for angel investors and venture capitalists as well. Um, so if anybody of that inclination, um, or if you are just starting to think about investing and you're just in that position in life then yeah um, and how can they get a hold of you oh sure yeah you can email me at patrick at ben.vision and you can also visit our website uh, ben.vision which also uh, have you seen um, you're on our website <laughs> I'm on your website oh because I pretended to be a model for five minutes yeah. I have not looked at that I'm going to look at it that's hilarious I, yeah. I can't believe I have forgotten to tell you to this point <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like the first thing that people will see wow so, look yeah. at that 
Wow. Well, I'm honored. Yeah. Thank you. Right place at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on my podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And then those of you who are listening, um, one thing that I request from you is share this with your friends. You know, I come out here and I do it for fun. It's a hobby. I get to learn cool new things uh, about my friends in our community. Um, and I would love to share this with more people. So share it with your friends and follow along. And don't forget to subscribe and rate. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.